A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. So you're here because you want to know modern, vintage, everything in the world of card collecting today. Chuck, he's the collector, and Joe, he's the dealer, welcome you to the best card talk that covers it all. From the hottest new cases to 67 high numbers, all brought to you by Oxygen Financial. Breathe easier about life with Oxygen Financial. Visit OxygenFinancial.net and buy Sports Card Investor, the leading source for videos, podcasts, and articles about investing in sports cards. Profit from the hobby you love by visiting sportscardinvestor.com. Collector, dealer, take it away. Oh, yeah, it is the collector and the dealer, vintage, modern, everything else in the sports card world. It is episode 15. No rookie card your favorite player? No problem. I'm Chuck Oliver. I am the collector. He's Joe Davis. He's the G- dealer. Joe, how you doing, man? Doing great this morning. Looking looking forward to uh, some lively conversation. Yeah, and you telling me why uh, not having the rookie card is not necessarily the worst thing in the world. We got options if you don't have the rookie card. Yeah, cool. uh, folks, I want to tell you we're here because of support from Oxygen Financial. Uh, I have told you before. Oxygen Financial, breathe easier. Yeah, my wife and I have for several years now, my personal financial advisors. It's insurance, it's taxes, it's investments, it's all of that. And I wanted to get them on uh, to kind of spread around that knowledge. It's just as really good folks to work with. Again, Oxygen Financial. can be listening later about all you can get from Oxygen Financial, how to get in touch with them. Uh, but also, uh, Joe, thanks to Sports Card Investor, that's Jeff Wilson, a guy that both uh, you and I both know and are uh, kind of working with right now. Yeah, Jeff, actually, uh, starting tonight, is going to be hosting the virtual, which is an basically an online national for collectors. I'm going to be with him in Midtown tonight, uh, appearing on the show on his YouTube channel, and we're going to be interacting with collectors all over the globe and showcasing a variety of products and singles, and so it's going to be a great time, and, and uh, Jeff provides so many good resources for the hobby. Love working with him. Okay, uh, you and I were talking earlier in the week about uh, this episode, and you know, not even coming up with a topic. It's like, hey, Joe, what's going on? And you're like, man, what's going on? A second year cards. So I was like, what? Uh, and I'm going to tell you my experience. Like, I collect vintage. Everybody knows that. If I wanted a Mickey Mantle rookie card, I'm going to call that the 52 tops. We all know Ooh. what those prices are. Well, even the 53 is way, 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 way crazy expensive, but it's not like the rookie card. Uh, you're saying that that applies whether it's a 52 and 53 mantle or a rookie Kobe or LeBron or a second-year Kobe and LeBron second-year cards right now. That's where folks have seen a lot of the blue sky, correct? Yeah, I, I've just been shocked at some of the sales we have seen lately. Just just this week, week we saw a uh, Second-year LeBron. I mean, this is a, a hoops LeBron. I mean, we're not talking the, the highest quality card the here. Second-year hoops LeBron. We got two hundred dollars for it was an SGC graded ten. But I mean, like I was like, this should be in my mind. This is a five or ten dollar card, and so uh, at least raw. And so, but we're seeing that trend in multiple sports. 
across multiple brands, manufacturers, people are really chasing those second year bargains because they are so cheap relative to the prices of the rookie cards on some of these the big big stars. Yeah, and you mentioned hoops and you know, that's a fine card to have, but it is just it's a fine card. It's it's kind of entry level. It's a base card, isn't it? You're not yeah. even talking about the uh any sort of the the parallels or the numbered or whatever. Um oh. and it's the second year of that. What about um any of the more like higher end, like tops chrome, anything like that, where, you know, just in general basketball cards and gen- I know that, you know, the prisms and everything's just flying off the shelves. Yeah. I mean, using LeBron as an example, since I was referencing him, I believe his second year tops chrome graded is, it may be a thousand dollars now. I mean, it's just for, for like PSA tens. And so it's, uh, Kobe's are the same way. People are just chasing those iconic stars. Um, some of the rookies have gotten so pricey, they're really uh, out of people's budgets. So they're turning to the second year. Um, and especially we're, you know, I, we're seeing, I'll walk in in the morning at the shop and they'll say, hey, we sold 20 second year Jason Tatum. So I'm like, do what? <laughs> and I'm like, so so they're they're not, not just the established stars, but the, the up and comers as well. I mean, we sold a stack of Pascal Siakams this week, second year cards. And I was like, yeah, they're obviously going all the way down the line. Anybody they think has potential, they've already bought up their rookie, so now they're buying up the second year. And and even with some, we're it's going all the way down to third and fourth year. So, yeah, it's crazy, crazy trend. The only time I ever tried that, uh, and my hand of the Lord, if you have an inkling for about two, maybe two hundred and fifty Corey Schneider, nineteen eighty seven tops cards, <laughs> Joe, I'm your guy. Okay. So, so whenever the Corey Schneider rookie uh, becomes hot, I, that's the only time I ever tried that. And I was like, man, he strikes out a lot. I'm not going to do that anymore. Uh, but that's not obviously what's going on uh, in the hobby right now. We'll talk about some of the newer guys who now have second-year cards. That's got to be Luca and Trey, correct? Yeah, we actually have started. Uh, we've been sending in Luca second-year cards to get graded. And, yeah, Trey, we, we've seen movement on, uh, as an example, especially on some of the parallels and the tougher cards. So, um, yeah, it's crazy. It's like you're sitting here waiting on a new product to come out and say, hey, I can now start buying up his second-year cards. And so, um, yeah, it's a it's a beautiful thing. I mean, as a retailer, it's a beautiful thing because uh, instead of worrying about who's in this rookie crop, you can say, well, there's a lot of good second-year cards, even if the rookies don't carry it. I mean, and I'm already looking forward to next year's basketball saying, Hey, we'll have second year Zion cards next year and second year John Morant cards to sell. So, because um, the trend just seems to be, and it's not just football. We're excuse me, not just basketball. We're seeing it in in football as well. We're seeing uh, early Tom Brady cards taken off, uh, early Drew Brees cards taken off, and uh, so there's a there's a lot of uh, golden nuggets out there that people are, are trying to hunt down. Yeah, no doubt about that. Plus, um, Michael Jordan, I mean, his presence, it's its a large shadow. And obviously, I mean, it was white hot in April into May, et cetera. Um, I have to imagine that that you're still looking, you know, hey, go through that, that, that $2 box. See if we got any Jordan cards in there. Is he still as hot as he was? He's still selling really well. I mean, obviously, the, the special is over with. But I, I think, um, I, mean, I mean, I had a... Uh, customer get back a PSA 2 Jordan rookie this week so I was checking market for him and they're like six somewhere somewhere selling for 1600 to 1800 dollars for a PSA 2 you know so uh yeah and we have seen a oh, lot goodness. of movement on his second year as well uh that they've probably more than doubled in the last few months and so 
uh, the, the demand is definitely still there because of so many uh, people who maybe who had never collected Jordan, uh, the few that had not uh, after the special came out, the last dance, so many more have jumped on board. And so, yeah, we're, we currently have several hundred Jordan cards at PSA being graded because, because of the way his cards are trending right now. My good. See, that's just this, this philosophy, you know, when we were talking about the second year, cause that's just supposed to apply to me. I can't afford the 54 Aaron. All right. I'll jump in on a 55 Aaron. Uh, yeah. and now applies to Trey and Luca and Deandre Aiden and everybody else as well. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. Come back with the second half of episode 15 of the collector and the dealer. I told you we're here because of support from Oxygen Financial. They're a sponsor of The Collector and the Dealer, but where my wife and I are, that's also in part thanks to Oxygen Financial. We have been personal clients of Oxygen for several years now, and originally it was for help with our taxes, looking to pay what we're supposed to, but not more. And we had been paying more for years, actually, it turned out. With Oxygen's help, that immediately changed for the better. And my wife and I decided, let's see what Oxygen thinks of our investments and overall strategy. Well, three years later, after making that choice, I can tell you we breathe easier when it comes to the market than at any time before getting with Oxygen Financial. And that's including the current issues all of us everywhere are dealing with. If you might have a question about where you and your family are, any at all, take the step we did and visit OxygenFinancial.com. You can get a free copy of Oxygen's 21-day budget cleanse, as well as Oxygen's guide on how to save up to $100,000 in taxes in 2020, just for telling them you heard Chuck talking about it. Breathe easier about life. Visit OxygenFinancial.com. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required. A popular thought in the sports card world is that there's two camps, those that love the hobby and those that profit from the industry. Thanks to Sports Card Investor, you can do both. Jeff Wilson has built his Sports Card Investor YouTube channel and his personal website, sportscardinvestor.com, so that if you're a beginner looking to flip cards for cash or a returning veteran to the hobby wanting to make sure you get the best deals ahead of any emerging price trends, Sports Card Investor is for you. Sports Card Investor, the leading source for videos, podcasts, and articles about investing in sports cards. Profit from the hobby you love by visiting sportscardinvestor.com. Welcome back to The Collector and the Dealer. I am Chuck Oliver. He's Joe Davis. And Joe, let's get back into this. And you and I discuss a lot. Um, and and I, we both understand what my opinion of getting graded cards is. It's not necessarily the grading services. Um, it is the, the, the grading of cards. Um, and I realize I need to clarify this. Um, if there was a grading company, cause I only collect vintage and, and as you have, you know, wisely tried to counsel me that there's a reason you get vintage cards, uh, graded or you only want to buy them. And it's because of ne'er-do-wells in the industry. Um, Joe, if there was a grading company that would emphasize either unaltered, untrimmed, et cetera, versus, Hey, here's the grade based on appearance and look how much they're selling for. 
Um, Joe, I would be the biggest customer of that company from day one. What I, Because I can evaluate the quality of a card, but I just do not have the equipment, the materials, the chemicals, the lights, whatever, to see if it's been trimmed, altered, recolored, been treated with chemicals or anything else. I don't have that knowledge, and that doesn't seem to be the priority for grading companies, but I don't have much choice, especially if I'm going back pre-war now. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, there is always the option you can send a company. And I've had to do this when, you know, when, when we bought collections that say had a trimmed mantle or an altered mantle. Um, and we realized that it was, uh, we've sent cards into PSA and we'll say, please just slab as authentic, authentic altered. So at least the buyer knows they're getting an authentic card. Uh, I just did that with a 53 Bowman color, uh, mantle. So, um, you're right. And you know, what's interesting is just as you were speaking, Chuck, I'm reminded how some other industries such as comic grading, they will grade a book that'll say like CGC will, will slab a book and it'll say apparent condition. Then they'll say it's altered, but they'll say it appears to look like a seven. Mm-hmm. However, it's got this issue with it. And so, uh, that's kind of what it sounds like, you know, that, uh, I think a lot of collectors would have, I'm not advocating that necessarily for the card industry, but I'm saying a lot of collectors might appreciate that. Like, yeah, it's been altered, but it does look like a six. It does look like a seven, whatever. But um, yeah, I don't know that that's going to ever happen because uh, most people in the industry are just driven by what's the grade, what's the grade. And so uh, is it, is it, is it altered? Is it not altered? And what's the grade? And honestly, I think it's kind of like, um, you know, I, I need to not obsess about this because it's one of those, Joe, where when I'm buying a card that's 107 years old, it's one of those where know, know who you're buying it from, know who you're doing your business with. It kind of reverts to just general business sense. Um, and you do the best you can, and you understand that if there are scoundrels out there, well, scoundrels have been ripping off people for years. You just try to be prudent and do the best you can. Um, I'm going to give you – see, this is my level of expertise – um, I was buying a 65 Maris several years ago. It's a gorgeous card. Got that pink Yankees pennant on the bottom of it. Um, and I'm sitting there, and I've got my you know jeweler's loop, my LED-lit jeweler's loop, and my magnifying glass, and I'm doing everything I can to, to make sure this card hadn't you know been altered or you know I'm checking out the centering, and I realize, Joe, it was thin on the left and the right. You know, it was, it was supposed to be like 70-30, and I realized this is like 30-30. Um, yeah. it, it can't be short on both sides. That's as far as my expertise goes. Do you have any like telltale signs of an alter card that maybe just kind of look for this, or is it more of know who you're buying from? Uh, there's multiple things. I'll give you an example, a, a funny example, talking about scoundrels. Years ago, I was at, at an Atlantic City show, and a guy had a beautiful 71 Aaron in his showcase, and I'm always looking for things that are, that are good to grade. And I said, Hey, can I see that 71 air? And I looked at it and I said, man, this is stunning. And I said, what do you need for? And he goes, I need double book. And so I was really thinking about buying it. So I, I look at it closer and I see the black magic marker oh. through the edge. And I said, man, this card's been recolored. He goes, okay, half book. <laughs> so we went from double book oh. to half book in one conversation. So, so that's a thing to look for on dark bordered cards. You can look for recoloring. Look on the um, side. You can see on what's supposed to be the gray cardboard on the very thin, obviously very thin side of a card. I've seen where color has bled over to the side of it. Yeah. Another thing, this is tougher. Um, within the early white bordered tops cards, 
back in the day, uh, the finishing company, um, I've heard the story released some of the finishing paint, the white, and people could buy that and retouch up borders on white bordered cards. And I learned this the hard way because I had a 55 Clemente and uh, it came back altered. And I'm like, it, it measures completely. I can't see anything. Uh, but then if you put it under a black light, yeah. that, that it shows up. So sometimes having a black light is a great tool to look for retouching. As far as trimming, um, it's always good. Uh, we often have Jordan rookies that people bring in to get graded. And we always like to hold it up against a couple of 1986 Fleer Commons to see if the measurement, if it looks full. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, cards can be trimmed to the to the most finite degree. Uh, however, if it's if it's a rougher job done with scissors or whatever, you can usually catch that. So it's always good to make sure the card measures in full because we we've all bought undersized cards. Uh, and, and learn the hard way when doing so. Yeah, and here's the new curveball. And as we know, I'm starting my uh, pre-war collection, specifically the T206. Is as I'm reading up on it, Joe, uh, some I'm sure you already knew. Uh, I saw way down at the bottom and said, uh, collectors should note that not all of these cards are the same size. There was some, and this is the word. There was some randomness from the American Tobacco Company uh, at the printers. Uh, and so you really have to look at the quality of the cut slash trim. Because some of those tobacco cards are not all the same size. Exactly. Yeah, you might recall that a few years ago, the Jumbo Wagner was yeah. sold. It yeah. was called the Jumbo because it was oversized and uh, it was a miscut and it had more paper content than a typical T206. And I think at the time it was the maybe the second most expensive Wagner ever sold. And so, yeah, the further back you go, the more variance in. Um, in sizing that you're going to see, especially with pre-war stuff, because the, the quality control just yep. didn't exist. All right. Last thing I want to ask you about, and you already know this. Um, we were talking last episode about the Murad uh, mail-away premiums, and yep. somehow I got like, because there's four of them. They're just college cards. They say Amherst or Wake Forest or something on, and they have some sort of college scene. Well, there are a few that depict sports scenes, and there's one that has a hockey scene, and it's at you know, University of Rochester, and it's this gorgeous outdoor hockey scene. Joe, I buy this card, and the top left corner I see is it. there's a crack there or it's peeled away a little bit but not a big deal. This card had survived for 110 years. I get it home with my fat thumbs, and immediately that part that was hanging on for dear life, it just goes flying away. Um, I asked you if there was any way for me to reattach this, and you were like, no, Elmer's is not included on 1910 Murad cards. Uh, essentially, yeah. there's no way for me to attach that corner back uh, without, honestly, in my view, ruining the card. Yeah, I mean, you, your best thing is to leave it alone or, or to stick the corner back in a sleeve with it. At least it was part of the card. Yeah. But, uh, you know, any addition to a card is altering. You know, I mean, so um, if you're adding any additional material to improve the card or hold it together or anything like that, it's it's going to be any expert grader is yeah. going to label that as altered. Yeah, and I knew that. I said, I'm going to text Joe anyway. And Joe's like, no, it'd be altered, Chuck. You can't do that. Yeah. Um, all right. Joe's got some money. Joe's got some time. So Joe buys a box. All right, Joe, that man said you're buying a box. What are you getting? How much is going to cost? And what are we going to find inside? This week, I'm going with the newly released uh just in the last few weeks 2020 chronicles draft picks 
football. Uh, this product, it's about 195 a box is what we have on our website at. There are three autographs per box plus one memorabilia and two parallels. It's a great variety of different designs as Panini always does with their Chronicles brand. You get several different kinds of cards in the box, uh, different types of autographs, a burrow to uh, uh, Herbert, all the different uh, young, young and upcoming stars. So that, that would be a fun one to pop this week. Fantastic. That is Joe buying a box. Uh, my vintage set of the week is going to be, Joe, I'm going to go back to the 1958 Topps baseball set. Uh, it was one of the first close to modern day size sets. It was 494 cards. So size, I'm saying a number of cards, but it was also the size of the cards. Uh, Topps had gone to the standard size, not the vintage size. It was slightly larger. They'd done that a couple of years earlier. Uh, the 58 top set, Here's what I'm going to tell you, folks. It's a 62-year-old set loaded with Hall of Famers, uh, good rookies in it, um, some great variations and high numbers and combination cards, some of the World Series. It's a tremendous set, and it is way, way affordable. Uh, in the realm, in comparison to what you may be thinking about a set from the 50s, uh, 58 tops, it, it is available and it is relatively affordable. Uh, one weird thing, Joe, that I want you to comment about is it's not the high numbers where the commons and every other card is the toughest. It's one of the, uh, the mid series. Um, and there are also the yellow letter variations. Um, like I said, the Roger Maris rookie, I just, I think it's a gorgeous set and it really is affordable. Yeah, Maris, of course, is the is the most iconic card from the set. But of course, the mantle sought after, and yeah, I love the bright color as compared to the '57 set the year before. The colors really pop. You know, the the vibe. I think of the uh, Cepeda card. You know, the bright backgrounds, and um, yeah, it is interesting that usually it's your high numbers, but you saw that with '57 and '58. Sometimes the mid series will bring a premium. Uh, especially the common. So you're, you're right. It's a beautiful set and, and affordable relative to uh, some of the other. It doesn't have that huge, you know, you, I mean, 57, you had Brooks rookie and the Frank Robinson rookie and the Calavito rookie and so forth. 58 had, had lesser big name rookies, but uh, so, so it is a little more affordable, but, but a very beautiful classic top set. Yeah, and then 59, you jump right back into the 12-foot waters with uh, Bob Gibson, and then yeah. you get into McCovey and Yaz. And, I mean, and so you're right. 58 is sort of a sweet spot for, for rookies because that will that's what honestly will make a set prohibitively expensive sometimes, and that's not the case. All right, wraps up Episode 15. Be back next week with more of The Collector and the Dealer. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC.